2: with Tim Ioncow. It is official. All right, stop playing. Download and subscribe. Library Rap,
1: the hip hop interviews with Tim Ioncow. It's cold. Hip hop legend, ultra magnetic MC, Dr. Octagon. He's uh, cool Keith, he has a new album. He has many albums, but a new album is called Computer Technology, and I want to welcome him to the library with Tim Ioncow. Thank you for being here, man. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure. I mean, you've been doing this for for, for a good amount of time. Uh, you've seen it all, but I want to talk to you about the development of some of the elements in the culture. Um, how has the importance of the DJ, the graph, breaking, and MC kind of changed from when you first got involved to, to now?
2: Uh, you mean, um, the breaking of a, a rapper. Um. um it's really not about DJing no more, it's really about the MC right now. Um I think um the DJ is just there for the you know, to make sure the records don't skip and nothing, you know. Um you know more back in a certain time they had the DJ was more of a force because he had the the scratching, you know what I'm saying? Like right. if it was like Jam Master J or something, it it, it was more the DJ was involved, but now you got serrados and and all these things and all this digital stuff. You know, you, you got rappers doing um, a show from their phone now. You know, yeah. or, you know. So it's not as important as it was. People are so digital now. You know, people go to shows. They go to. Um, they just plug their phone up
1: has that uh for you has that has, how has that kind of affected your 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 has it at all your writing style or your live show uh do you find yourself trying to do that route or do you still try to stick to you know listen to the beat and
2: uh i like listening to the beat um uh I, I mean I always had a DJ at a show anyway, you know, when I was working with Kurt and stuff, uh, Mo. I always had a DJ that was good, but um, with me, it's like, um, it's more live, so I do a lot of my shows just, you know, with the DJ, but then that time changed, the vinyl got more lower, you know what I'm saying? So it's not as loud as it was, so I used to use this. everybody used to have a box that they put their songs in. It was like the instant replay. So it had more of a, um, more of a master sound for your shows. So um, the, um, the vinyl was sounding kind of low though, Hmm. but the instant replay would uh, enhance and add like an amplified sound to which you did all your music, you know, it was like kind of mastered through that machine.
1: I'm going to be a little all over the place, but I, I, um, I want to talk about computer technology. And I think one thing I really noticed in computer technology is that you do a lot of, I feel you did a lot of like letting the kind of the, the beat, the instrument breathe. Yeah. Like you didn't have to, you, you know, a three minute song, you didn't have to rhyme zero to three minutes. You did a lot, you know, two minutes, you're done and you let it go. Um, one, was that purposeful? But two, what was kind of, what, what's the purpose of doing that for you?
2: Well, uh, I have a format when I make records. Um, I don't feel like I have to uh, do a record maybe more than three minutes. I feel like um, I can get I like a beat that breathes. I feel like I can get a song off with two verses and a nice chorus, and two choruses. I don't. Know. I just don't like a song maybe over four minutes. Basically, it it, it takes me out kind of because it's like more like it's just enough. It's not too short. And it's just enough to be long. That's my format. Basically. I I like to just put two, two, two real potent verses on the record.
1: Uh, Your style. I mean, you, 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 you have a style that I don't think definitely cannot be copied. It's unique. It's, 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 it's incredible to listen to, to, to watch. Uh, But where did that, where did that, where did, where did, where did that, Style. Where did, where did where did where did where did the cool Keith that we know today come from? Like, what did you hear? What were you listening to, maybe growing up or continuously listening to? That kind of said, "All right, this is the kind of MC I'm going to be or I want to be."
2: Well, um, well, I grew up in the Bronx. Basically, uh, rapping, I was I was more of a. Uh, I never tried to come out as a rapper. I was dancing first before I became a rapper. So what happened was I started looking at I started looking at um other groups. And other MCs, but I I never really came on and rap in people's face and stuff like that. I kept it to myself. I I was studying different patterns of, in my own time. You know, me, I just was feeling like I would listen to all kinds of rappers, but I would just say, well, I'm going to wait till my style come that I want to use, and then I would just... Study cadences, different, you know, because like rap now is like it's all different types of cadences in the world. So it's like you got the vast rappers, you got like a tech nine, you got E40, you got, you know, you got all kinds of different kinds of rappers. So. Me, I just learned how to rap on different kinds of beats and stuff like that, so uh, I just was figuring out like i had everything the fast rap the slow rap medium tempo all kinds of beats uh i like to challenge a beat most rappers really can't rap on everything so i like to be like a flexible rapper like i can rap on any beat i can rap on the fast stuff uh i can rap on the slow beats per minute medium so that's how i became keith just becoming a voice to, uh, practice on all kinds of cadences of beats.
1: What, what beat has been, or, or or has been kind of the most challenging to Keith? Uh, like one that you kind of like, I guess put the most work in to be like, I'm going to master this. I think like when I worked with Prodigy,
2: like Diesel Power, you know, those kind of records that are very, um, uh, fast, you know, Papa Lodge was like, Kind of record that was kind of complex, but um, to me, the fast rap is more easier it's the slow tempos that are harder than I figured that out but um i i I kind of had more problems with like the diesel power and um most most of the like kind of records that when people want to do like a dance record or
0: something
1: mm. uh, that's yeah um. You know, you're, you're obviously part of the legendary group Ultra Magnet MCs. Uh, you guys first dropped in 1984. Um, what impact were you as a group trying to make? But then also, what impact did you want to make as, as an artist?
2: Um, I was a leader of the group. I mean, you know, me and Sad went to high school together. Um, I wanted to, like, come out with something different, like... Uh, I wanted to make, like, the big words not rhyme, like the super big words and stuff. But the cadences were different. So I wanted to uh, show people that we can do stuff that was different as far as patterns. So we was always into patterns and um, putting, making big words fit on small beats, you know, like the timing of each beat. We wanted to make the big words fit on the beats, but a lot of different kind of beats. So we just more, uh, I pushed a, a sci-fi issue to the group, like science fiction, right. you know, and that was different for us to give us like a signature, origin, uh, original signature, like a sci-fi, sci-fi, kind of like sci-fi street.
1: At hmm. that thought- just it brings us back to that time, nineteen eighty three, eighty four. Um, did you did you have to worry? Or did you care that maybe this sci fi structure will not be accepted? Or I mean, was it about? It
2: was funny. I didn't really care. I was um, me and Sarah used to go to labels back then and shot records. I mean, that's when cassettes was out. Uh, uh, I didn't really care because we used to hear the A&R beats, you know, had influences of other rappers and be like, y'all should sound like this and y'all should do this. But we was like, nah, we're going to do this sci-fi. We're we going to do this. I mean, we we heard everybody talking about making references to what we should be doing. But we was like, we're going to do, we're going to stick to the science fiction Bronx, you know, science fiction slash Bronx street. Right. And we just stuck with what we was doing. We was like, you know, we, we heard every different kind of genre or subject matter out, but we was like, we're going to stick to this sci-fi street.
1: Did you, uh, if you think about today's MC and the sound of today, which is sounds very similar, all the stuff you hear and, you know, commercially to, to then, why do you think, it sounds like you had. It sounds like you guys had the pressure to be like, all right, you could, you have to sound like, you should sound like this group if you want to make it, or if you want to sign. And rappers today are getting that same pressure. If you want to make it, you have to sound like this group. Why do you think more MCs sound? It feels like more MCs are are caving into that pressure in 2019 versus when you know you you dropped.
2: I think um, like you said, it's the uh, the peer pressure of uh, the kids are more not being, you know, the kids are more not being original. They're more into, like, the style is to sound like somebody now. Like, that's more of an honor to say, oh, you sound like this person, or you sound like that person. That's that's in now. That's in now as opposed to back, back then. It was like the original groups were more the standout groups because everybody had a style of their own. But now it's like, if you sound like somebody, that's that's more of a plus because I think they feel better, like they're more in the in crowd. You know, they feel more accepted because they sound alike. But I, I, I listen to the music now. If you really study it, it's, it's really different. It's it's like, say, for instance, the trap stuff is like, it's all kinds of trap, though. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, see... We came from a time that, you know, like you would, you can say that in a general standpoint of like hip hop from our time, when you l- listen to it, it did sound the same. Cause like, you know, when you had Steezo, you had EPMD, and, um, you know, people used the Skull Snap drums, James Brown. It was a lot of stuff that sounded the same, but we didn't know that was just a, the people that was on top of the music sounded different, right. but a lot of stuff sounded sounded the same because it's like a million samples that was used over and over. But right. now, like the music, it has the octave that we're trying to listen to, but it, it seems like it sounds the same because they more in a, a, a they, they more in a bounce right. cadence, right. but they got different kinds of all kinds of different kinds of beats more now than before but as a listener you kind of shy away from it because like you said the guys that was rapping back in that time they can't adjust to the new beats and stuff like that so the new beats they're more progressive and they're more challenging they're way more challenging than beats from the past so I think what happened, happens is they get scared and they start saying, you know, the critics would be like, oh, they, they, all, all those beats sound the same. But it's, it's a lot of different ones, you know, all over, you know, different cadences of beats. But I think the cliche of it is what the record company promotes. Right. The Most of them sound the same appear appearing to, to the
1: ear. But there's really a lot of different beats. I remember talking to... Uh... A guy who works with Master Ace a lot, um, Rich, and he said, "Like, yeah, the stuff that they're doing with, you know, what we came up with, like we never dreamed about any of this. Like, they're doing stuff with the technology that we didn't even think was possible, and now these new guys are kind of pushing it to a level that we just don't even." Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about like you. I, you can't get mad at the new people for what they're doing because,
2: uh, you know, like you know the Amigos and what they do and all of the the Southern guys and, you know, people from the South. And, but I like what they doing because they keeping, you know, keeping it interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you go in a lot of sessions, you got a lot of dudes, they still stuck in time. They still doing what they was doing before and they want to live off of that. And, they can't adjust, which was my thing to make me more popular was I was able to adjust to all kinds of things like, you know, but.
1: Wait, when did you, I'm sorry, when did you know that's what you needed to do?
2: Um, I mean, I, I start trends and stuff, my own stuff. I'm not scared to take chances. I like to do stuff different. My, like uh, me working on a variety of albums made me more to progress i just feel like i can't live off what i've done before it just hurts me inside to just take everything i'm working on from the past and just make that my future because my i have a different future of making music i feel the future never ends so you should make records and they might come out all kinds of ways that's why i like you like a person like e40 or some you know it's like you might listen to him on Captain, you know, Save a Hole or something. Want to be saved, and then you look at his progression, and you know, a lot of rappers got progression, but some don't. You know, they just stay in a certain box because the um their pressures of their status of what they done and you know created made them feel like this is all I could do right. this is what's left of me I'm gonna live I'm gonna live for this fortune of fame because this is what made me and I have no other creativity whatsoever in myself so I'm gonna take this point I'm gonna take just this point in height of my career that was it so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm a just make it like a limit I'm gonna make myself a limit automatically so that's what a lot of artists have done, you know, which I say the dinosaurs of that time, the dinosaurs were more mad at any, anybody making something brand new. Don't don't care if it's the South, don't care if it's uh, artists doing some electro music or whatever it is, they just mad at anything new basically. So what happened was they made this imaginary limit in law, you know, it's it's no law to music at all. It's no law, and what you could do, what you can't do, when you should drop a record, when you should put one out, when you should release, how many songs belong on an album, what style you should use all the time. It's it's no such laws at all. So, what happened was they created these um these imaginary music laws <laughs> to to go by, like you know, it's a crime if you rap on a certain track If you know, if you rap on samples, you know, Man. you, you're not breaking any laws. If you rap on a keyboard song, you, uh, you need to go to jail for 10 years. There's is no such laws. It's just music is music. You know, that's why I never really had no, uh, animosity towards what, what all the regions are doing because it's all the same music. When I was in L.A., I bought everybody's CD. You know, nice. I bought the Bay Area stuff. I bought Los Angeles stuff. I bought Houston stuff. I bought um, uh, Southern stuff. I bought up North Chicago stuff. I bought uh, Seattle, Canada. I bought all the stuff. Even Europe, Dizzy Rascal. I bought a lot of different things. Uh, uh, I'm just saying that um it's all, it's still, you can't just say, there's no such thing as real hip hop, it's all hip hop. All hip hop is one, like it's It's not, oh, this bologna or this ham is the best and this turkey is the hundred percent. Like it's no such thing, it's all music. It's all, all everybody's on a microphone at the end of the day. It's no, it's no boundaries of that we should say, uh, well, you know, this is the music, this, and this is the music. That's, that's just the, a lot of the mad people that are complaining. This is the music, that is the music. There's no such thing, you know. It's all, all of it is one. It's one whole thing.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Car Pro Show podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. I can't take my husband anywhere. He's constantly behaving like a five-year-old, snorting, joking, yapping with strangers. It's so embarrassing that the one period when he's fully engrossed in anything is if he's listening to the Car Pro Show podcast. Here they are
2: now on the Car Pro Show.
0: Ooh. He gets to hear Jerry and Kevin share all the latest and greatest news and information about the CarPro Friends universe, reviews and commentary on all the newer vehicle lineups from every major brand, stories and testimonials about ultimate car buying experiences through CarPro.com, and certified CarPro Friends at dealers nationwide. My only regret is when this two-hour break from you-know-who ends. Save yourself! Grab some me time by tuning into the CarPro Show podcast on your device anytime, anywhere. Listen to the CarPro Show on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts brought to you by carpro.com where you now have a friend in the car buying business carpro.com
1: uh, are you when you when you when you talk about supporting and buying from all these regions um I mean, obviously you're not just doing it cuz you're supporting the culture uh are you also doing it because you're trying to Keep yourself, quote unquote, fresh in terms of like, you know, let you know,
2: yeah, me tell you an honest thing. It does make you. Um, it does make you advance because you know what's going on. It's like a pitcher. I mean, you can't win a baseball game. If you play the California Angels and you play the Seattle Mariners and you play the twins and you play, you know, Astros, all, all types. You have to know what pitches, you know, if you're a batter, you gotta they study all that stuff. Yeah. That's how they win games. They be knowing who throws a slider at what time. They throw they know who throws a fastball at what time. Every seven pitches he might throw a knuckleball. But I'm just saying that's the logic of rap. It's still knowing what's going on. A lot of people just get stuck in one lane and they be like, Well, um I'm more of the the original music maker in my own box, but it's it's so many other boxes, and it's interesting because it makes it more fun because it's all types of mixing bowls and collabs and different things you could try. When you when you get stuck in making your music in your own mind just for yourself, and then you start living on the rules of the music and what quote-unquote people say, and the critics, and this is the only section for real music. Only go in this room for real music. Right? It's, it's no such thing. All music is all—it's all kinds all of music. Europe got you know music. It, it, it was like it's funny now that I'm seeing. I had told somebody this before. I was like, um, people always said, you know, okay, the states turned their back on raw. Raw hip hop, like you know, maybe like urban hip hop, like more boom bap and right. stuff like that, supposed to be more samples. And so, they were saying that, um, everybody go to Europe because they still love it over there, right, yeah, they yeah. still love it and they love it to death. But now, you got like you know, you got Gucci Man going to Europe, you got Young Dolph go to Europe, yeah, you yeah. got uh. Right. A lot of artists are going to Europe, like when Ultramagnetic was hot going to Europe at the time for them to go to Europe. Now Europe just took the whole trap thing. I mean, the shows are packed. people up there with their phones. So it's funny that a lot of artists were trying to escape and say, well, Europe is the base foundation for real hip-hop. Europe went totally into what's going on now. Right. I had told people that a long time ago, but they didn't believe me. They was like, "Nah, you know, I think Europe is going to stay the same and they're going to stay stuck, you know, like Frankenstein. But they went into accepting all kinds of stuff. I mean, they had their own little different things, like, you know, when they was doing the stuff in Ibiza and, and you know, the dance music and all that stuff and, you know, the house music and all that. But they... Surprise people when they grasp to you know future. Go to Europe now. Right. I mean, but to the average person that think he shouldn't be going to Europe, they just stuck in the mind. Right. But it goes to show a place that they thought was going to be loyal to one, one, one type of hip hop. One Yeah. Got got fooled.
1: Uh, I think you, you didn't have to talk about the artists, but you also I feel like you also you 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 have a great business mind. In terms of uh, the the music industry, uh, and 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 I felt like on uh, computer technology, the track uh, "Money in the Bank," yeah, you kind of that's for Al Capone, yeah, yeah, you're touching on that. The points of having money in the bank. Uh, what is for you? What was the biggest surprise about the business side of the industry? But also, what do artists, even you know, old school, older artists, or even today's artists, well, still don't get or are surprised by? It's your writers, basically. Your writers is
2: the most important. Your writers and your publishing. A lot of people forget, you know, they might let a lot of people write a song, but when your ASCAP checks come, your 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 money is going to the person who wrote the song. Right, right. And that's what a lot of people don't ever get to enjoy is seeing a check come with the writers. That's the most that's like 80% of the music industry is your writers. When somebody else write a song, it's like, you get a piece of it. It's, it's production and writers, right? the bulk. But if you don't care about that, you're doing shows more, you're just getting cash from the shows. But still, if you stop doing shows, Checks still gonna be playing when those records still play forever and ever, it's going to the writers and the producer production. Which people don't know. Right. Like a lot of the new kids, they don't know that. They they just you know, they wanna do the show and hold some money to their ear. Right, right. But the real guy that's holding imaginary bricks to their ears, the writer. Right. And the in production,
1: right? That pop hit is gonna
2: last a <laughs> lot longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, but you learn. They They, they're gonna learn from that process. You know, that process is gonna hit them later when they're like, "Oh, I'm not doing shows, but I don't get no checks." You know, so it's that's another thing too. Your writers, the writers for everything writers in movies, soundtracks, writers for uh, your your compositions, writers. I had a song that um, me and Razkaz did a song, um, uh, featuring Magnetic One Time, called Writers. Writers Ignited. It's all about writers. Right. That's,
1: yeah. Um, you have, sorry, you have so many albums. Oh, yeah, to yeah, yeah. Just go ahead. Let's roll. Let's roll. Um, there, there's a line I really like in on your album, Keith, um, Make Him Crazy, where you spit, uh, that's, all, that's all they do, write psychotic <laughs> lines, some marry into rich families and lose their minds. Uh, What are you referencing there? (laughs) Uh, Some marry into a rich family
2: and lose their mind. All they do is write psychotic lines. Some marry into a rich family and lose their mind. Well, you got a lot of rappers who uh, never had nothing before and they get into a, a lifestyle. So when you make records, you start meeting different kinds of people and then you marry into a rich family and you lose your mind. Right, right. As you can see all the time, like you got a lot of artists that do that. So it's like that song was a reference to people who, you know, people move to Hollywood and people meet somebody, you know, the cliche of stars meeting stars. Uh, people end up dating somebody and you know, you have it, you know, let's like, you go meet Angelina Jolie, you rap change your whole life. You, you start bugging out. Your mind can't take it. Your mind, you lose your mind because it's not the music anymore. It's, it's, it's the person that you married into a rich family. So your art is separated and you have more energy focused on you being like just out of order or retarded. You're, you know, your your brain gets into the money, the rich family, and right. you, you lose your mind because you're not you're you're not into music no more. You are basically you a lab structure basically. You become like a lab a lab test. You become a lab mice and you adjust yourself into a family, but you don't know how to deal with it. Your mind you basically.
1: Who's again? You marry into a rich family, family. And lose your mind. Yeah, that's all. They, that's all they do. Oh, that's all they do. Write psychotic lines. So marry into a rich family yeah. and lose their mind.
2: Yeah, all you do is write psychotic lines and marry t- and marry into a rich family and lose your mind.
1: So they continue. That's so. That's I mean. So so. Ultimately, it sounds like that. So it ultimately, hurts their art. Uh, they're trying to continue to do it, but they're just so out of touch with, with reality.
2: Reality. You know, way. you you lose things, you, you lose anything, you lose going to the store to get you a shrimp roll or something that you used to do simply all the time that you change your whole pattern of life. Like you're not, you're not in yourself anymore, mm-hmm. so, you know? So that's why I wrote that song.
1: Uh, On the track for going to the new album, Computer Computer Technology, on the track Computer Technology, it starts with Computer Technology, the lottery. Uh, What what is the reference to – why is it the lottery here?
2: Uh, We live in a computer world right now. Everything is computer. Everybody has a laptop. I mean, we can't be primitive anymore. I mean, most of the – some of the guys from the – Certain times they still have a flip phone. You know, they haven't even advanced to a, a different kind of phone yet. You know, they still primitive. So, you know, it, it's just like with anything, you know, adjusting computer technology is the time that we're living in. It's the advanced time, is what we're going through. Everybody, kids, babies work a computer now. They got iPads and they swiping, you know, all their little cartoons across the board. So, I mean, we didn't have that, but you're looking at the growth. Computer
1: technology is what's going on right now. Yeah, it drives me like, Mike, I have two kids, and they think, they think everything's on demand. Like, Yeah, yeah, I mean? I mean, kids are looking at you,
2: swiping eight yeah. things, and they're looking at you like, you know, you ain't doing this yet. You know, yeah. so that's definitely, I, I see that too when I'm around, you know, when I'm around my kids, I see, like, the advancement, you know, you learn from them too. Also the music they listen to and stuff like that. You can't be stubborn because you got people trying to convert their kids like like they're in some kind of religion. You better listen to this oh, kind yeah. of music. You better, you better, I'ma kill you if you don't listen to this kind of music that I used to do or something. But you can't really do that. Oh, you have yeah. to understand, you have to understand their time and what they was doing. You know, you got to look at it, look at it from a bigger perspective. You know, they might not want to listen to that but they want to listen to what they want to like but you have to say well okay this is what people used to do over there but right. you still have to have a, a universal mindset to let everybody feel out what they like It's like the new kids you right. can't you can't be like limited you can't be limited to tell them you know you can't be limited
0: yeah
1: you know what i'm saying right now it's
0: great Buckle up, folks. The Car Pro Show podcast is here to rescue you from the doldrums of everyday life. And you can find it on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast cravings take you. What do we have here, doctor? Looks like yet another case of the Car Pro Show podcast giddies. Do you concur? I concur. And it's spreading like wildfire. I know, but the podcast is so powerful. Jerry and Kevin dish
1: out all the juicy car news from the Car Pro Friends universe. They review and chat about the latest car lineups
0: from all the big players in the industry. And they take live calls to help Steer car buyers in the right direction. It's highly addictive and impossible to shake. Do we alert the press? Are you crazy?
1: If more people discover the Car Pro Show podcast and its cornucopia of car curriculum,
0: this thing will spiral out of control. Listen to the Car Pro Show on iHeart, Apple, Spotify, or wherever your podcast desires take you. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. <laughs>
1: I just the times. I, now I appreciate that uh, as an adult with kids that there was a time that you could drive and actually lose you lose radio radio reception, and now it's just, since it's on your Bluetooth, you never lose radio reception. So I mean, it's like satellite radio. You yeah. can drive across country and listen to the same station I know, it's without a commercial. I mean,
2: it's it's great. I mean, but we this that's what people don't know. It's like you know, I think what we got is hip hop. We got good, all kinds of music, but we got people that complain so much. They complain till they feel like you're mad because you're not making the adjustment. Mm. You're just upset. Like, you're like, I hate those people because I can't do that, you know. But it, it's, it it comes with a lot of stuff, too, in the showmanship and, the you know, the time differentiation. You see, like you said, all them groups now... One thing I could say about all the groups now, the the past groups of all the groups that are hot now, they are showing like great showmanship. You know, when you pay your money to go see them, they got on costumes, they got on glasses, they got on latest stuff. They're doing stuff to make you feel like you bought a ticket, like if you went to see Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right, sure. But I'm ashamed of my peers because... The people in the past, like, they come to the show. You want to bring your your girlfriend. They up there with mustard on their shirts, you know, catch up, you know, on a dirty fitted, right. walking back and forth, you know, saying this is real. But after you buy your ticket, you start to say, like, did I really buy my ticket to see this? Like, this guy ain't even, like, take this shirt and this fit it to the laundromat. And then, you know, we got this thing where... They feel like real hip hop is to look like a janitor. You gotta look like you mop floors. You gotta wear big boots and stuff uh-huh. like that. I mean, I mean, I, I like I like showmanship. Like I like people that come on stage look like they came from a dressing room. I I just don't like people look like they just mopped the floors and they just stepped on stage. You know it's not about that. It's about what, it's about entertainment.
1: So who do who, who do you draw or who, do you, who, when you do a show, who are huh? you drawing your live show entertain you know, inspiration from like, what, what artists before you, not necessarily hip hop artists. I mean, anyone, what, what, what artists that I look up to and in... yeah. Like, like say, Hey, if I could do a show like this guy or this, you know, well I like the
2: really, I, I like the Dr. Funkenstein, like really back in, in the, in the parliament time, I mean, there was always, like, you know, everybody, but still everybody was entertainment. Like, Confunction was, inter- I mean, um, Cameo was entertainment. You know, even Larry Blackman used to have the the cup around his janessos and stuff. Around. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, like, it's entertainment. Like, it's Captain Scott, like, everybody's entertainment. Like, you know, I just feel like... A lot of these guys want a lot of, a lot of these guys want a lot of appreciation and honor, but you like, but what do you give out? What do you give out? Like, what do you give to the people? Like, I supposed to come look at you with a dirty fitted on, wrinkled up, a do rag under it. You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like it's it's more than music. You know, music still was with fashion you know that's why i looked at like furious five was always dressed like uh, when i used to see scorpio on them they used to always yeah. have clothes on even if it was you know flash I have the german the, you know it was some kind of showmanship showmanship i mean it's a point of the be herbal raw and stuff like that and you take the essence and you be street like you know when rap first started with me and gene and Theodore the L brothers was right. they wore the big um the Stetson rims, you know, the Ballor Brims but Run DMC came out later with that, which was cool, the Adidas stuff, but I'm like, that's cool. That's that still has some kind of organ organ is you know, organizing to it. It's still organized. It's like, but it's like when you just come up there looking like the plumber and you want to spit and then you you want to say, well, this is real because right. I look like the plumber, but that's not what I'm like trying to see you like, cause you know, we came too far to be like, like that look, like, right. like, you know, people broke doors down, you know, I did like black Elvis and right, right. you know, it's just not about, you know, I just see a lot of and that makes you miserable. When you look bad, you feel miserable. Okay. You know, I used to always say black make you feel depressed. Like I thought about it when I was going to school, I used to be wearing like black, a lot of black. And I felt like I felt like a walking funeral because it was just the inspiration of feeling down because hardcore colors that make you. That's why the South is pretty nice because they have coordination and they have uh Colors, you know, it's good to go. That's right. When you go to baseball game, don't you like the field? It's pretty, like green. Yeah. It's like the baseball teams got on, like dope. Um, the California Angels look glowing red, and you yeah. know, you see the Dodgers with blue, and the field of dirt is pretty red. They running stealing bases, but when you go see like Darth Vader all night, and they walking back and forth, it's like it just doesn't move me. Mm. Know I'm saying showmanship. I don't care even where you are, just places where you are, pictures, images. You know, you you don't get that no more. You don't get good images. Like, you don't get a Nona Hendrix, you don't get Grace Jones, you don't get, uh you know, people that should be mentioned. You don't get, mm-hmm. as a, you know, the new kids are stars. Even if they independent, they make themselves stars. Right. You know, is it rap rap been gone from the t-shirt you know it's just like anything you know i mean you could wear all kinds of things but like you said it's more to it than that's more entertainment going on it's like when i look at um everybody was entertainment he wave, brass construction uh Anything, I don't care if you Donnell Jones, it's still entertainment. Right. Everybody's buying clothes, fashion. You can't get mad at the new kids because they got the the Chanel shoot sneakers on. And, you know, it's it's time to change. You can't shop at Models no more. You can't get nothing out of models. You can't go to Sears and Robux and try to find something to stand on stage. It's it's, it's time. It's time for change.
1: Is there a... Is there a favorite live show you have seen in your life that you kind of like? I remember I saw a craft work in Europe. Um,
2: That was the craziest show. They had like um, they had computers set up, and they face was painted like mannequins, like and it was in the dark. Like that was like the you know I'm like wow this is this is what I'm saying this is worth the money this is worth the money this is really worth the money but I can't like watch a whole lineup of janitors perform one night yeah. I can't do it. it it just drains my it drains me down like a battery it drains right.
1: me you know yeah I see I saw radiohead at, uh, uh, at MSG and was texting and calling my brothers and they thought I was drunk and high out of my mind but I wasn't I didn't touch anything that night and it was just such a good show. I mean, it was a live show. It was like who, who was that?
2: Radiohead. Oh, yeah. Oh, radio. It was, it yeah. Was, Radiohead. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Them groups, Radiohead. And what's the. All of them. You two. Uh, And the ones that made. The guys who made uh, Whip It. Whip It Good. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then another. A, a totally different type of show. I, I saw BB King live. And it, what was incredible to me was that it was just him. And the crowd for him, for me, it was like the crowd control. That the guitar player, right? The, yeah. 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 You know, yeah the crowd yeah. control and the voice control that he had. Yeah. And, but he, you
2: know, but he would be up there with a, like a sky blue suit on. Yeah. yeah, playing yeah, yeah like yeah, a yeah, dope would, yeah, brown Gibson yeah, guitar. Yeah, 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 so it's like, yeah. it's, it's like, it's, it's like, you know, it's very, it's like euphoric. Like, yeah. wow. But like you said, a lot of people
1: don't give you that effect. Uh, I have a couple more questions. Um, so when I was growing up, uh, uh, yeah, obviously Tim dog dropped. Mm-hmm. And, uh, because my name is Tim, everyone in my high school in Harlem or junior higher kept to call me Tim dog, uh, as my nickname, uh, obviously not even close to the, the, the genius of Tim dog. Um, you worked with him. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what was kind of, what, why was he so, so I was so with is. Tim yesterday
2: Tim is a Tim used to stay with sad you know he used to work for Metro North he had a good job and everything he quit rap for a good he had a good job he worked for, um he was an electrician for the train tracks uh Tim used to be around sad's house tim liked the uh he liked the cane a lot. You know, he loved Big Daddy Kane, and so, but he was good rapping in his own way too. But so, I had told Sad. Sad was like wanting to do a song with Tim. I think Tim got on chorus line, and then um, what happened was um, Tim did a single. Then. People started liking Tim for some reason, you know, whatever his mannerism was a uh, very aggressive kind of whatever, say anything you want. Um then um, um Tim ended up getting a deal. I think Kurt Woodley signed him to um Roughhouse, Columbia. So you know, Tim was a, a spinoff from Ultra kinda, you know, in his own way. You know, cassette has some other groups too, MF911 he was producing a couple of dudes out in Philadelphia. And, you know, we worked with Tough Crew and stuff like that. So, said was a big producer back then. You know, when, you know, all that bridges over and said did all that stuff. And um, most of Boogie Down production, KRS, all that stuff. And maybe, like, not a few. Maybe Scott did some tracks. But me, Scott, and Sad were hanging together. Me, Scott, LaRocque, and Sad. So KRS was with another group called celebrity three, you know, it was like Jerry Levi and them guys. It was like, they had a whole different group, but people would never know K.R.S. was like with a three, three group, like a, his own little treacherous three or something. But, but, uh, we was, um, we was a unit, but, um, everybody could have easily been together. It could have been Tim and K.R.S. It could have been Keith and Ultra and Tim, Keith and KRS, it could have been anyway, but the group could have been Keith and Celebrity 3, you know what I'm saying? But uh, that was the group he was with. Uh, we was uh, Mastermind Productions. Everybody was one, one under one production, you know, like that's like our own sound, you know, Mastermind Productions. So it was Pat. Thanks to Pat, you know Pat had a singing group like uh, Jodeci, but he sacrificed his career. God rest in peace, Pat says. Older oh, brother passed a long time ago from cancer, but he was like young too. But it was just he sacrificed his career for everybody. So much love to him. So we um got together, and then Tim came out a solo album with Sony Columbia. Put out um. You know, Joe the Butcher and Chris Schwartz put out um, his album, Tim Doyle Penicillin and on Wax, which you know, so said did the production. I played a couple of bass lines on, on that album and um, you know, Secret Fantasies, a lot of tracks on Pen I listened to it the other day, it was sounded dope. So but the idea of Tim's concept was yeah. was going to this for Compton, you know, but at that time it was just more like a I guess he wanted to jump on the train of to get N.W.A. I think N.W.A. bothered him, but not in a not in a sense of fighting the them more. Uh I think Tim did a marketing move basically. I, I I was I wasn't basically with it. Basically, I was like, "You doing that?" And he's like, "No, nah, I'm doing this." Like that was his own way that was his. A lot of people thought he was pushed to make them decisions. Tim um, had a lot of input in his own album
1: oh, nice.
2: with Columbia. So Tim did the Penicillin on Wax album, which he did. His single, first single he did was, you know, F. Compton. But I guess it was more to ride the wave of the N.W.A. thing. And um, it was just more in the market. And I guess Sony wanted to jump on that as a a tool to create, like, okay, this is good. It's like a little frenzy battle. But, you know, which was kind of cool. You know, a lot of people took it personal. But they had all kinds of things. I mean, it, it was just... It was just music. It was just music on. But the the album came out. His album came out dope. You know, his album was the number one, like classic. I mean, I think it would just showed that he had more balls than a lot of people. You know, he wanted to just say, you know, he didn't like gangs. He, he didn't think it was right for gangs to be out and stuff like that. He mm. thought people should be like. A one man person, you know, like, which is, you know, it was kind of a, the album was kind of really a, a, a cause to organize organization, you know, being organized and saying, you know, stop, stop that. Stop grouping up mm-hmm. and just all y'all get together. So he was like his whole, his whole consciousness of was, was to fight against that. And like, for what any kind of negative, thing was going on. So he made that record to say, well, I'm going to make some other kind of conflict album to go make people go into a frenzy. But it was fun. It was, it was good for him to, um, I guess he did what he wanted to do, you know, with the label promoting that. And, um, it was a big success for him. That was real big success for him. His album that, um, he put out, uh, yeah. Sony put out Columbia. It's incredible. And because um, everybody had, he had his own direction. That was his whole set was telling him, like, you want to do that. But he was like, you know, oh, most the only thing we did was the beats. Right. But what he put on top of the the beats was his own, his own mind, you know. Did
1: you get a, did you have a sense from him, uh, kind of a long-term goal, a long-term plan? Uh me and Tim was just more, besides
2: his music, we would just hang out in strip clubs. You know, he was in Atlanta. One time it was funny though, when when that, when he made all that stuff with the, the the West Coast stuff. And um he was actually living in California, yeah. you know, long, and walking around LA, just seeing people. But I think he made the record on more of a sportsmanship, not to go into violence and stuff yeah, like right. that. It was more a project that. I guess it was supposed to be just wax, you know.
1: Uh, uh, cool, Keith. Uh, it's been incredible to talk to you today. Uh, thank you so much. Of course, of course. Our, uh... Uh, you know, I love to share
2: my experiences and all that, you know, information that you need that's proper and the Keith album and the computer technology album and also all my albums that I have and, you know, my Instagrams and yeah. Kool Keefe, original Kool Keefe and uh, Ultraman $7 on Twitter. And you could also check a museum I made on Instagram, the Kool Keefe Museum. Oh. And um, me, I just still make new records and stay current as possible in the studio and stay with showmanship, you know, because a lot of stuff is missing right. and and there's no rules in music at all. It's not one rule at all. You can do what you want. Any kid coming up, you can do what you want. You don't have to be like somebody. You don't have to feel like you got to follow somebody because that's what they supposed to force down your throat, you can be yourself. But as long as you're doing what you do in a positive way or, you know, whatever it is, as long as, it, you know, it, you ain't got to take drugs to mm-hmm. make your image, you know, that's uh, why I like Drake or something. You know, you, you got a clean cut guy that tears everybody a new ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, You yeah, don't got to put, you know, Frankenstein screws in his neck and paint one of his eyes green. You know, he don't got to wear fitted. You know, he don't got to wear Timberland boots, you know what I'm saying? It's it's all kinds of things. This this music is a highway that got different ramps going different kinds of ways. You know what I'm saying? That's what's the most important thing. That's what makes music fun. Because if we had one person that everybody's supposed to look at one person, this would be a, the music industry would be boring. And not creative. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's a word called variety. Yeah, it's true. You know, that's why M's put brown ones in the pack. They put the red ones in there they put yellow ones in there, you know, so yeah. they can spread the jelly beans all out on the table. It's all kinds of stuff. You know, it's no, it's no, it's no one person. It's no best. It's no, you know what I'm saying? It's all genres of stuff. It's all over it's, Like I said, it's the Bay Area. The South, the North, the East, Europe, China, Tokyo—it's totally. all—it's all over.
1: So, uh, he's cool, Keith. Legend. Uh, continuously making music. Uh, Computer Technologies is his newest album. Keith, before that, Keith, and many, many more. Uh, cool, Keith. Thank you for being in the library with Tim Heineck. Thank you. Bill. Yeah, and I got a new album I might come out after all that
2: too. You never know. I think um, uh, I'm a I'm a work I'm a work machine. Yeah, a work no, machine. I'm a, I'm a beast. Because uh, a lot of these old people, they can't do it. They just don't have it in their bodies. They just don't have it. They don't have it. And I would tell them in their face, you don't have it because you're not. You're not. Your energy is not there. You don't have it because it takes energy. It takes energy to make these records. It takes to get up and go it takes knowledge of knowing what's going on around you you know you can't be stuck with an afro with headphones on laying down in the bed you know with a 1974 radio from Times square true that's what a lot
1: of yeah. people are doing true. uh kuki thanks so much man for being in the library thank you